Welcome to the Vivid Church Podcast. Wherever you're listening from today, it's our hope that this message would help you reflect the light of Jesus' life for all to see. Now, here's Pastor Justin Reimer. I've got great news for you. You know, the God that we've just sung to, Jesus, He is capable and willing to move on our behalf. Like I was thinking about this, imagine a God who was compassionate but not powerful. That wouldn't be God. Or imagine a God who is powerful but not compassionate. That would probably be a tyrant. But here's Jesus. He is willing and able to respond. In fact, the Bible says that he loves to hear our prayers and he loves to respond to our prayers. And so right here and now, we're going to take a moment and pray. Maybe you're new to prayer. Maybe that's not really a part of your routine. Do you know how simple it is to pray? It's simply to begin a conversation with Jesus, who is willing and able to work on our behalf. And so I'm, I'm going to lead in prayer. I want to encourage you. Why don't you lean in in faith and join me right now? Jesus, I thank you for the people who are part of church right now. And I thank you for the needs that we represent. We're a needy bunch. We're flawed. We're imperfect. We're weak. We're subject to heartache and brokenness and sickness. But right now, we lean in faith closer to you. We trust what your word says, that when we draw near to God, God draws near to us. And I pray right now in faith that you would respond to our needs. As we cast our cares on you, knowing that you care for us, I pray that you would heal sick bodies, that you would restore broken relationships, that you'd pour out wisdom in situations that seem hopeless and like we've come to a dead end. I pray for new vision. I pray for new energy. I pray for peace to be present in every home right now. And I ask for all these things in your name. Thank you, Jesus. Can I hear you say amen? Come on, even where you're at, in the chat, why don't you just give a little amen? This is good news today. Jesus, he's on our side. In fact, it's not only good news today, it's good news every day. If you have a prayer need of any type, we would love to continue to to agree with you in prayer. Could you send us an email, info at vivid.church, and let us know how we can be praying for you. Or you could take a moment, and in the chat right now, there is a Connect card. Just take a moment, fill that out. We want to be praying with you and encouraging you in your faith journey as you go forward. I have a couple announcements I want to share with you before we get to the Word. Number one, probably most urgent and important, is that I think if you are not yet in a hub, you need to get in a hub. We want to encourage every person who's part of our church to be in relationship with other people. You know, there's moments of worship that we do like this through a screen, and they're still powerfully connected. But one thing that's even more significant is having relationship with people where you know and you are known. And so we want to encourage you to get in a hub. If you're not in one, send us an email again. Use that card again. It's there for that purpose. We want to help you connect. We have hubs that gather all over Vancouver, Toronto, and even other parts of our country in the world. And many of them are right now meeting virtually. And so no matter where you are, there's no reason you can't be in a hub. We'd love to connect you in that way. So reach out to us. Let us help you in that. The second thing that I want to say, an announcement, is that we're having a baptism soon in Vancouver. We just recently did in Toronto, but in Vancouver, we're going to be baptizing some people who are taking that step of faith publicly to proclaim their relationship with Jesus is legit. We want to invite you. If that's you, let us know. Let us know how we can encourage you. It's going to be in a couple weeks in the middle of June, but we want to make preparations so we can do so with all of the health and safety guidelines in place and do that in a way that we can celebrate that step of faith in your life. 
Well, before I speak a message today, one last thing is I want to give you an opportunity if you are uh, stirred to give. You know, I want to encourage the people who are part of this church. What an incredibly generous group of people who even in the midst of of disappointment or in the midst of the, the changing uh, guidelines and landscape of the, the community around us are saying, you know what, I still am part of church. I'm still part of what Jesus is doing. And you know what the Bible promises? It says that the world of the generous grows larger and larger and the world of the stingy grows smaller and smaller. I think that's true not only of individuals, but of communities. The world of a generous community continues to grow larger and larger, fuller and fuller, wider and deeper. And we've seen that take place even during this pandemic, that God has in increased us, God has grown our reach, God has grown our impact. And I think a big part of that is the generosity of people who are saying, Jesus, you are Lord over it all. And so right now, maybe you're new to Vivid. You say, I haven't really begun that journey of giving. I wanna encourage you, today's the day. Start to prioritize investing in what Jesus is doing. He said this, I'm building my church and we get to be a part of that, a world that's growing and growing, never shrinking. So let's pray together. Jesus, I ask right now for every family represented here, for every individual, uh, for those who feel like I have a great capacity to give, I pray that you would stir them to great generosity. For those who feel like I have a really small capacity to give, I thank you that you can still stir us to great generosity. I thank you that your word says that you don't hold us accountable for giving what we don't have, but being responsible with what we do have. And so stir every heart to generosity. And I pray that collectively, as we live this generous life, you would grow our world and our impact larger and larger. We ask for this in your name. And everybody said, amen. Hey, if you're watching right now in the chat, you'll see a link to give. You can give online now or at any time. You can also e-transfer to infoatvivid.church. And uh, we just want to give as many ways to serve you in your giving as you see God continue to grow your life. Amen? Awesome. Hey, this is week, not one, two, three, but week four of our series Marked for More. If you missed any of the uh, messages so far in this series, in the description of this video, you can find the links to those. After church is over, go back and watch those and catch up. But I want to remind you this. The Bible says that your life has been marked for more. God has marked you for more. Good news. Whatever age, stage, or season you find yourself in, in, this is not the end. God has more for you. In fact, I believe God has more for you in some really specific ways. In the book of Ephesians chapter 1, if you have your Bible, you could turn there. I'm going to reference this every week of this series, by the way. Ephesians chapter 1, starting at verse 13, Paul is speaking, and he says, and you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked. Can someone say marked? Oh, come on in the chat, type it out, say marked. You were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. You've been marked for more. The mark of the Holy Spirit in your life is a promise that God has more in store for you. This word marked, it, it speaks of a seal. And a seal was placed by an owner of an object saying, this object belongs to me. I placed my seal upon it like an indentation made from a ring. I own that. Do you know what, what God is saying about you and I? You're mine and I'm yours and we belong together. God owns our life. He's the Lord, not only of, of, of things that seem beautiful and great and big, but he's also the, the Lord of the broken areas of our life. He is Lord over all. He owns it all. 
And when we start to live that way, we recognize a freedom that comes in knowing that I'm not control, uh, in control of every micromanaged little aspect of my life. God owns me. God's in control. Not only was a seal an indication of ownership, but also one of authentication. That's God saying of your life and of my life, I like that. That's good. There's something beautiful going on there. God has authenticated your life. He's saying, you are mine and I love who you are. I love who I made you to be. And it's also an indication of future intent. In this time and custom, when someone purchased a, a property, they placed their seal upon a document saying, here's a down payment, but it's not the last payment. Here's the beginning of this transaction that's taking place, but it's not the end. There's more where this came from. And that's what the Holy Spirit has done in my life and in your life. If you're in Jesus, you've been marked for more. And his Holy Spirit is this mark upon your life saying, I've got future plans for you. Come on, if we were in the room right now, I'd probably be saying we need to have a little praise break and get up on our feet and celebrate. God has future plans for your life. In fact, in the book of Philippians, it says this, that he is working to will and to act according to his good pleasure. Meaning this, that the good plans God has for your future bring him pleasure. How crazy is that? The God of the universe smiles when he thinks of the future that he has in store for you. The God of the universe is excited about your future. I don't know about you, maybe, perhaps, there's times where you feel anxious or feel some dread or feel some listlessness about your future. Meanwhile, God of, a God of all the universe, he's going, I'm excited about what's yet to come. There's good in store for them. God has sealed our life, a seal of ownership, of authentication, and one of future intent. God has more for you. In fact, if you were to continue reading on in the book of Ephesians, it says he's marked you for more wisdom. We talked about that a couple weeks ago. God's marked you for more vision. We talked about that last week. He's marked you for more hope. We're about to talk about that right now. And then next week, you, you guessed it, we're going to talk about the fact that God has marked your life for more power. But today we're talking about hope. And so if you have a, a notebook that you take notes on or a note app, why don't you open that up right now and just write this down. What do you mean? The title of today's message, what do you mean? Have you ever found yourself trying to communicate with someone and it feels like they know exactly what they're trying to say, but you can't tell what they mean? Uh, yesterday I had a friend who was trying to give me hand signals and he was messaging me and we were in a loud environment, so he's giving hand signals and his hand signal was this, hey, just do that. And I was going, do that? Or do that? Or do that? Like, what do you mean? Have you ever found that there's just a communication breakdown? Something that can feel so clear to someone else. Perhaps they're speaking to you in a different language or a different dialect or with a different strong accent and they're convicted about what they're saying, but you just can't quite understand. I think sometimes when we stop and we consider what God's trying to speak to our lives, we're like, God, what, what do you mean by that? So you've marked my life for more hope, but what exactly do you mean? Well, let me try to unpack that just a little bit today. And as I do, I got to say this, okay? Happy birthday. For real, every person you're watching, happy birthday to you. And this might not actually be your birthday, but this is the birthday of the church. Not just Vivid Church, but the church. Not just our local expressions in Vancouver and Toronto, but every church, like that church that you walked by this morning when you were walking your dog, that church is having its birthday today. Right now, I'm presently standing in the building of C3 Toronto, one of the finest churches on the planet. Well, one of my favorite churches to be in. It's their birthday too. 
And it's not because it's the day that this specific local church launched. It's not that Vivid started on the May long weekend four years ago. No, no. This is the beginning of the church, God's big plan to bring hope to the world. It's what we call Pentecost Sunday. We are remembering the origin story of the church, the beginning of the church. And Jesus, when he walked among us and when he gathered disciples and when he taught the masses and when he healed the sick and when he lived a sinless life and then died a sinner's death for our behalf, Jesus, he was foreshadowing about the plan that he had to put into place, a plan called the church. And in John chapter 16, he's speaking to his disciples and he says this essentially, guys, great news. I'm about to leave. And they're like, hey, Jesus, what do you mean? That's not really great news for us. Like that might seem like good news to you, but to us that sounds, that sounds disappointing. It sounds discouraging. We like it when you're here. And Jesus says, I'm leaving, but when I leave, good news, I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. Let me show you what it says. John chapter 16. You can turn there in your Bible if you have one. You can click there in another tab if you have it open. John chapter 16 and uh, starting at verse 7, Jesus says this. Uh, Very truly, I tell you, it's for your good that I'm going away. Unless I go away, the advocate, that's the Holy Spirit, won't come to you. But when he comes, he'll prove the world to be wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment about sin because people don't believe in me, about righteousness because I'm going to the Father where you can uh, see me no longer, and about judgment because the prince of the world now stands condemned. I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear, but when he, the spirit of truth, this is the Holy Spirit, when the Holy Spirit comes, he'll guide you in to all truth. He won't speak on his own. He'll speak only what he hears And he will tell you what is yet to come. Guys, this is hope-filled news. Jesus is pouring his Holy Spirit into our life. The same Spirit that has marked you for more, that Holy Spirit is coming to guide us into truth. He's coming to reveal our future. He's coming to grow anticipation and hope in our hearts, a faith for a better future. The Holy Spirit is a message to you and I of hope. So Jesus says to his disciples, great news, guys, I'm leaving soon. And they say, well, what do you mean? Here's what I mean. I'm going to pour out the Holy Spirit. And then Jesus in Acts 2, he reiterates the same thing. He's, or in Acts 1, I should say, he's preparing to leave. He's actually about to ascend. He, he's, he spent 40 days with his disciples and he's about to, to ascend into heaven. And he says, I'm going, but I will return. And and then he speaks this. If you have your Bible, turn to the book of Acts chapter 1. This stuff gets me excited. I could talk about it all day, and you never know how long this video is going to go. I just might. Check it out. Acts chapter 1 and uh, verse 4. It says this. Don't leave the city, but wait for the gift that my father promised which you heard when you speak, uh, you heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. He says to them, guys, good news. I need you to stay here. You are going to be witnesses to the world. You are going to change the world around you, but you got to wait and pray. You can't do it on your own. You need the Holy Spirit. Do you know why this is? Because the world is not changed by hype. The world is changed by hope. You know, we're, we're not going to ever be a church that says we're going to put the, the, the foot of hype forward. We want to lead with hope. 
Hype dissipates quick. Hype is subject subjective. Music I like might not be music you like. Sports I like might not be sports you prefer. Food that gets me excited might not be the same food that gets you excited. And a church experience that you go, that was my favorite, might not be the same as the person who's sitting beside you or someone else watching today. But, but you know what we build on? Not hype, but hope. Jesus says, this is not like a pregame rally. All right, Peter, you're going to go change that part of the world. John, I'm sending you this way. James, you stay right here. And Bartholomew, you just go find somewhere else. No, he goes, I want you to all wait together because it's not hype that's going to change the world. This is not William Wallace riding on a stallion with blue paint on one side, shouting for freedom. No, this is Jesus saying, you need more than hype. You need hope. Vivid Church, God has marked your life for more hope. He wants to pour more hope into your life. Well, you say, well, Pastor Justin, what do you mean? Great question. You're asking good questions today, by the way. What I mean is this, a faith-filled anticipation for our future. For some, this last year, it's like a cloth being wrung out. The hope has just been squeezed out of you. And, and you found yourself maybe last March saying, oh, I hope April's normal. And then last May saying, I hope we have a great summer. And then in the summer saying, I hope the school year is normal. And I hope I can spend time with my family at Christmas. And hopefully when 2021 comes, things will change. And here we are again saying, hopefully we have a different feeling summer. You know, I've begun to hear more and more and more as people going, eh, who knows what summer will carry? Meh, who knows what the future will, will hold? Guess what? I don't know what the future holds, but I know the one who holds the future. His name is Jesus, and he has promised his Holy Spirit in our life, and he has promised that as he pours out his spirit, our lives will be filled with hope. Let me show you the book of Romans chapter 5. I'm jumping all over today. We are doing Bible calisthenics, working out our fingers. Here we go. Uh, Romans chapter 5. Check this out. It says, therefore, since we've been justified through faith, we have peace with God through the Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we've gained access by faith into the grace in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Come on, one of the indicators of your faith in Jesus, of the grace he's poured out in your life, is that you can begin to boast about your future. Someone right now, you're like, oh, I'm far too Canadian to do that. No, no, you don't boast about your future. You boast about the future that God has for you. We boast in the future glory that God has promised that he has marked for our life. Verse 3, it says this, not only so, but we also glory in our suffering because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance produces character, and character produces hope. Come on, I gotta hear an amen in the chat. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. God has marked your life for more hope, and hope doesn't put you to shame. I, I, I run into people all the time, they downplay the picture of their future because they don't want to be disappointed. They downplay the goodness of God in their life because they, they just don't want to experience something less. But I'm here today to say, get your hopes up. God has an incredible future marked out for your life. And so someone, you might mishear me and go, well, I better go and just make it happen. No, 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 Jesus, remember what he said? Wait, you're going to need the Holy Spirit. Wait here first. You're going to need to, the Spirit poured on in your life if you're, if you're going to go forward in this hope that I have. 
for you. And so here's what we see in Acts chapter 2. This is the day we're celebrating on Pentecost Sunday. This is our birthday origin story of the church. Acts chapter 2, it says they were all together in one place. I want to tell you this, that hope grows in community. Do you know what else grows in community? Doubt. I want to encourage you, get around the right kind of people because the type of people you find yourself around are going to bring the best or the worst out of you. Somebody should say amen, but don't say it too loud if the person near you is one of the worst. I'm telling you, the people you get yourself around will determine and dictate the quality of your future or at least your ability to see it. So in Acts chapter 2, it says they were all together in one place. Hope is grown in community. Then number two, it says this, they were, to, they were together. Verse two, it says, suddenly there was a sound like the blowing of a violent wind that came from heaven and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Can you picture this? This setting, this gathering? History would say there's about 120 people and they're gathered in one place. Some say it's in an upper room. Some say it's in a temple court, but they were gathered in one place. Uh, the old King James Version said they were gathered in one accord. And as a child, I actually just pictured a Honda Accord and, and like a group of clowns getting out of that small car and thinking, how did they get 120 people in one accord? But, but there they were. They were gathered. I, I believe they were praying. But all the Bible says is that they were waiting. I wonder if as they waited, they were like, hey, guys, when Jesus said wait, how long do you think he was meaning? What do you think he meant by that? I wonder if someone else was going, hey, hey, Nathaniel, you feeling any more power? Jesus promised that we'd feel power. Do you, do you feel any different? Nathaniel's like, ah, kind, of, kind of the same. Maybe they were doing arm wrestle challenges going like, God said he's going to send power. Let's test it and try it. But in a moment in community, the room was filled with the sound of a mighty wind. And they looked around and upon each of their heads was, was like a, a, a campfire burning. I don't know if it was the way they described a glow, a halo, what type of thing, but they looked around, they said, like fire from heaven has fallen in this place. And, and there's a, a loudness, but it's not chaotic. It's like there's a wind that's blown in from heaven. Both fire and wind were indicators in the Old Testament of God being on the move. And then they began to speak. Do you know what? There is a language to hope and it's a unified language. When you get around people of hope and the Holy Spirit begins to move, it changes the way we talk. What were they speaking? Great question. Vivid, you're just crushing it on the questions today. Here's what they were speaking. The Bible says they were all speaking of the wonderful works of Jesus. If you struggle to find hope, just begin to talk about Jesus. If you struggle to find hope for your future, why not look to your past about what Jesus has already done? Look to the, the, the history of God's faithfulness in your life. Begin to declare the works of Jesus. And they were speaking not only in tongues they had learned, but in what was represented like 14, 15, 16 different language groups. People from all over the world were in their city and they were listening to people these, this group of disciples, full now of the Holy Spirit, speaking about a hope-filled future. And what did they ask? I think it's, it's one of the two greatest questions that, that stick out to me in Scripture. As they are hearing this, this uh, take place around them, the whole city, it says, is stirred up. The whole city, it says, is perplexed. And then verse 12 says this, They were amazed and perplexed, and they asked one another, 
What does this mean? How the world around us is asking us, what does this mean? Why is it that you sing songs of joy? Why is it that you get up on a Sunday morning or carve out time on a Sunday afternoon to watch YouTube? Why do you keep sending me a link to your church, bro? Like, like what, what, what do you mean by this? There, there was a, a move of God that demanded a response. I am living for the moment where every place I, I put my feet in every place we gather, the world around us is asking, what does this mean? It wasn't the fact that they looked the best. It wasn't the fact that they were the brightest. In fact, the Bible says it was anything but that as they saw God moving through these people, they're hold up, aren't these guys fishermen? Aren't these just normal people who spent time with Jesus? But when they began to hear people speaking a message of hope about the good news of what Jesus has done, the wonderful works of Jesus, they stopped in their tracks and said, what does this mean? You know, I believe right now in our lives, if we would begin to embody this message of hope to the world around us, we would find ourselves more and more often being asked this question, what do you mean by that? What, what do you mean? So, so someone wronged you, but you forgive them? Whoa, what do you mean by that? Like, like you're frustrated, but your frustration isn't leading you to lash out? Whoa, what do you mean by that? You, you keep on singing this song of joy. Don't you see how terrible the world around us is? What, what do you mean by that? You keep on growing in relationship. I find myself in, in the city feeling more lonely than I've ever felt. You got friends in your life? What, what, do you, what do you mean by that? This message of hope changed the city around them. People stopping and saying, what does this mean? If you don't have people asking you the question of where you find your hope, you might have to ask yourself if you're expressing it. Do you know that's what Paul said? He says, always be ready in season to give an answer for the hope that you have. When's the last time somebody asked you, where'd you get your hope? What do you mean by this? I'm not saying that you got to work harder at it. I'm not saying that you got to, you better prioritize this, get this right, get out there and show the world how much hope you have. Instead, I'm saying, just wait for the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit who has marked your life will pour the, the power of his, of his presence into your life in such a way that your life will be marked for more and people will be asking you the question, what does this mean? Well, let me tell you what it meant for a guy named Peter. Peter, who, who had emotion to follow Jesus, but not the devotion to see it through. Peter, who always found himself putting his foot in his mouth, going, Jesus, I'll never deny you. And then hours later, denying him not once or twice, but three times. This same Peter, who, who, who had all the emotion, when he was filled with the Holy Spirit, all of a sudden he got real bold. And so the, the world around them saying, what does it mean? Peter gets up and he says, here's exactly what it means. Let me tell you, we're not doing this on our own strength. We're not doing this because we're just lit. We're not doing this because it's just party atmosphere. This is not hype. This is a message of hope. And he goes on to say, this is for everyone. This is what the, the prophet Joel talked about, that God would pour out his spirit. This is the promise that God has for everyone, not only now, but for all who would believe. This is not hype. This is hope. This is a message of hope. You know how they responded with the second question that would represent my second favorite question in scripture. They answered this way. Then what must we do. If that's what it means, then what's our response? If that's what's happening right now, then what should we do? 
Not only what do you mean cognitively, but what does this mean for my life? I'm living for the day that as a church community, more and more and more, there'd be people in our extended sphere of influence saying, hey, what do I have to do to get a little bit of that hope that you have? Well, Peter lays out really simple. He goes, well, you just repent, believe, be baptized, like take a step of faith, try, put your trust in Jesus. This is not just for us. This is not an elite thing. This is for anyone who would call on the name of the Lord. He goes on to promise that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord would be saved. And you know what happened that day? A group of 120 turned into a group of 3,120. 3,000 people said, I want a little bit of what you have. I, I need a little bit more hope. 3,000 people who were living in a uh, politically intense time said, I don't think politics is going to save me. I need what you have. 3,000 people who were living in a, a racially divisive time said, I, I don't think the arguments that we've been fighting of Greek versus Jew and Jew versus Greek, they're not working. We need a little of the hope you have. People in a hyper-religious time, actually in the city for religious purposes, were going, I don't think that just following through all this to-do list is doing it for me. I want a little bit of what you have. I want some of that hope that, that you have. Hope grows in community. Hope has a sound. And hope is actually what changes the world around us. So how do we, how do we grow in more hope? How do we get more hope? In fact, the word hope is used so much in scripture that this could be a series all unto itself. But I just want to show you one. And with this, we're going to close today. I do believe it's a requirement upon us that we wait on the Lord, that we get a little bit more patient in this quest for hope. I do think it's important that we get around people who, who believe a hope-filled future is in store for us. I do think it's important that, that we don't rush it, but we wait for the promise that Jesus has. I, I do think it's important that that we actually allow faith to grow in our heart because the Bible says that faith is the substance of the things we hope for and hope is linked to our faith. So as we grow in faith, certainly hope will develop. But I wanted to show you what it says in Romans chapter 15. We're going to close with this today. Romans chapter 15 and verse 13. It's the conclusion of a beautiful prayer and I want to pray this over each one of us today. It says this, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. May the God of hope cause you to overflow with hope. May the God of hope cause you to overflow with hope. Stop and consider it. May the God of hope, he has a jurisdiction over all hope, and he's not holding it back from you. He's not holding you at arm's length. He actually wants you to be full of this same hope. And the Bible says that with hope, comes joy and peace. There's some people you think you have hope, but what you have is a counterfeit. You're like, I know that God has a good future in store for me and it just frustrates me that I'm not living in it now and I'm super stressed because I'm not living in that, that great future. Guess what? Hope, it comes with joy and peace. So what do we do? We put our trust in the Holy Spirit. We put our trust in God's promise. 
I, I don't know exactly how old the church is. I, I'm not sure exactly if you look on the Gregorian calendar what year we find ourselves in, but it's about 2,000 years old. And every year we've stopped to consider that this whole thing didn't start by effort. This whole thing didn't start by, by good intention. This whole thing didn't start from programming. This whole thing didn't start from charismatic leaders who just ha had the ability to rile up a crowd with hype. This whole thing started when people just trusted Jesus enough to take him at his word and to wait upon him so that he could pour out his spirit. And with the Holy Spirit comes everything we need to see the world around us change. We hope that you enjoyed this edition of the Vivid Church podcast. For more information about Vivid Church, check out our website at www.vivid.church or look us up on Instagram at vivid.church. Have the best day.